Gotta tell you, I cannot believe what I just saw, Owen. Please tell me why. Why this despicable act? Why, I don't, what? Why, what? I don't understand. You wanna know why? Red Hart, you're nothing but a selfish person. I went in there in a tag team match for the biggest match of my life. It was a dream come true. I thought I had the best partner in the world, my own brother. But you're too selfish, like I've said all along. Your ego is too big. You only worry about yourself, Red. Rowan, you don't Owen, care about me. Unbelievable in front of your entire family. I your don't family care about you. anybody. I was concerned about myself and my whole family. The biggest opportunity in my life. I had a chance, Brett, and you stripped it away from me. You took it away from me, Brett, because you're too selfish. All you had to do was just tag me. My hand was there. Just tag me. I knew your leg was bad. I was aware of that. Just tag me. But you're too selfish. You just want to put your sharpshooter on. I could have won the match. I don't need you with a bad leg doing it, Brett. You're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. doing some stumping over there or what oh jesus i haven't heard that song in fucking years no limit no limit to the mezzanine sleepover oh there's no limits here i'll tell you what i mean we've the sky's the limit space is the place uh, funky like a monkey you know when you've done 120 episodes i mean can you really believe it i think uh uh, you know uh, i'd have to check the wick eye on that one (laughs) Go go to mezzytees.com for your mezzanine sleepover t-shirts. Oh, I got a, I got a, I got a t-shirt idea. Got mez. Now that's a fucking winner. <laughs> like like seriously, like you know those commercials? Yep. Like got milk? Oh yeah, it's like yeah. A play on that. I've never seen That's a great I've never seen anything like that. You know what? That's amazing. What about what about this one? Uh Mez knows wrestling. Huh? Huh? Oh, I like that one too. Uh, you know, like Bonos, but the yeah, med, yeah, but, yeah. But Mez knows wrestling. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Nobody has ever done that before. Crazy. Oh my gosh, that that is fucking incredible, and uh, yeah, um, uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to play, play, trying to find a play on the No Fear, but uh, I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Sorry. All right. Uh, so, anyways, I am your pal, Slip Five Eyes, Slip. Uh, at megamix.com, all one word. And uh, yeah, you're listening to episode 120 uh, of the Mets Sleepover. Yes, and uh, as promised this week, we are talking about Royal Rumble 1994. It's Royal Rumble season, folks, and because we always keep our promises on the sleepover, we're going to pick, we've hand-selected one of our, um, one of the more interesting Rumbles to talk about, Rumble pay-per-views to talk about. Uh, I think it's going to be a raucous discussion. What do you I, have, think? I have to say, buddy, uh, you've had that cold for like a full week now. Yeah, you know, well, we had it last week, and uh, you know, it, it's just persisting. <laughs> That's a bad one. I mean, it, you know what? Cold and flu season, everybody. Uh, get your flu shot if you believe in that shit, uh, and, and you should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in science, yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if, if you believe in reality, yeah. <laughs> 
then yes, go uh, go get your flu shots. And honestly, uh, I, I've told people this before. If you want to, you'll still get the flu, but you won't go to the hospital. Yes, exactly. That's and so the way it is, you won't end up on a fucking ventilator with a flu so bad that you fucking die. Yeah, you're still gonna get the flu. It's just the way it is. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, it's been a week. And uh, not it's not because we're recording this right after last week's show. No, it's not. Not at all. No, it's a legitimate and, week. And you can trust me. <laughs> because like the Slickster, I don't do nothing but tell the truth. <laughs> you kids! What the hell? to yourself. I'm going to turn this car around and there'll be no I don't know what's happening. for anybody. What? I've got... That's it. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> Well, that's funny. As we were talking, I accidentally brought up uh, our uh, our last week's episode, and so you couldn't hear it, but it started playing the intro. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It was playing a Winnipeg intro, and that is a good uh, thing because we got to talk about Winnipeg's top street tournament. Oh, the tournament, Scarilla. Uh, so, uh, yes, here on this uh, 22, 24, 20, 29th of uh, January, which it is today. Uh, we are going to. It is, which is weird because uh, you know I, I thought we would be watching the Royal Rumble, uh, but yeah. yet here we are, uh, podcasting for all our fans. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we are going to talk about the the Rumble, yes, but let's talk about the Winnipeg uh, Top Streets Tournament uh, because we have uh, another round that has passed, and what a week it's been! What a week it's been. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I'm not going to try and quote them, but uh, let, let, let's run it down here. All right. Uh, so, of course, what we're asking people to do is to go to mezzaninesleepover.com and vote for Winnipeg's Top Street every week. We are setting matchups. Uh, the winners are advancing. The losers are departing. We started at 64 streets. Last week, uh, we were down to 32, and we eliminated another 16. So this week, we've got 16 left. And uh, we're gonna tell you when we go for. Oh, uh, we have yeah, we have we have sixteen left. This uh, we're gonna have eight at the end when it's all said and done. Yes. so it's gonna be fantastic. So uh, now we are actually going to set up the legitimate uh, quarterfinals for the tournament uh, when eight yep. streets are left. So let's go over the uh, sixteen uh, the sixteen streets that uh, we had as of last week. Eight matchups. Uh, what do we start out with here? Matchup number one. Number one seeded Portage Avenue against number 49 seeded Donald Street. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, the winner in this great matchup was... Portage Avenue. Fantastic. I can't... All right, what's next? I, you know what? I, I expected it. I kind of didn't expect it, but it kind of happened. Yeah, it, it, it did happen. Yes. That's for sure. Uh, in the other matchup, and this was the other semifinal in the Juba division, uh, we had number eight, Provence Boulevard, uh, against number 24th ranked Tashi Avenue. And some might call it an upset. Some might call it the favorite winning. But the winner of this one was... Tashi Avenue. All right. Excellent. I am uh, a St. Boniface Street going through. Amazing, right? I, I, I almost can't believe it, but I can also believe it. <laughs> Over to the Nori Division. Semi-final number one in the Nori Division. We have Osborne Street, number fourth seated against the 13th ranked St. Mary's Road. And the winner, a street that will take you to St. Vitale at the end of your workday downtown, is... Osborne Street. 
Ha ha, there we go. Uh, either the favorite one or the uh, underdog one. You know what, 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 you know, I think that the winning street won uh, because when you're driving down that street, you pass stores, you pass restaurants, uh, there are lots of intersections. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's just an iconic street. Well, it really is. You know, it, it flows, it goes north and south. Um, it all, it, it also uh, is also named other things along its route. So, uh, what a, what a, what a win! Uh, number fifth seated Corden Avenue against number twelve seated Wolseley Avenue. Two really high seeds, and the high seed that took this one is Corden Avenue. Well, of course, was it ever in doubt? It really wasn't. It might have been in doubt. I yeah, and it was also it was it was never in doubt, and it was also in doubt. Yes, but uh, good on that street for pulling it off uh, and uh, moving on to the next round. Yes. Uh, moving on to the Thompson division, we have second seated Main Street against uh, kind of a, a little underdog, a dark horse in this tournament, 47th seated Memorial Boulevard, and crazy enough, the winner was... Main Street. Well, you know, uh, a street that starts with M won this one. Well done. Yeah, I, I was watching this one all week long very closely because it was just... Uh, Super crazy, uh, but also kind of predictable. Yeah, the numbers either went uh, all over the place or they just kind of stayed the same the whole time. Uh, number seven seated Ellis Avenue against 23rd seated King Street. And the winner of this matchup is... King Street. Great ter- great matchup. Fantastic. So exciting. Also not diff- terribly exciting. <laughs> so good and also so bad. Uh, finally, in the Murray division, we have third-seated Broadway against another dark horse, Albert Street. And did Albert Street pull off the upset? The answer is... Broadway. And just like we thought. Exactly. Or we didn't think. Exactly. And finally, we have sixth-seated Academy Road taking on 22nd-seated River Avenue. And uh, in this crazy matchup, which was going crazy all week long... Just madness all around. The crazy winner was... Academy Road. Wow. That's all I can say about this whole um, this whole round. Wow. Exactly. That's all I got to say about that. Yes. And so, uh, anyways, uh, let's set the matchups for uh, the quarterfinals in the tournament. And they are as follows. Portage Avenue versus Tache Avenue. Osborne Street versus Corridon Avenue. Main Street versus King Street. Broadway versus Academy Road. That is going to be one hell of a bracket for the next round. Yes. So go over to... can't wait. Yes. And I mean, these mat... Just that one matchup is fucking super juicy, eh? Oh, very juicy. I can't can't wait to see how it transpires. Uh, So go to mezzaninesleepover.com now uh, all week long. We will be taking taking in your votes uh, for... Mana or Manitoba, Winnipeg's top street. We should do Manitoba's top street. It's all Ross, yes. Rosser Boulevard in Brandon, <laughs> or you know so Highway seventy five through Morris. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whatever the hell it's called, I don't even I, know. I'm also struggling to find street names in other parts <laughs> of the province. <laughs> I have I have none. Pine Street in Pine Falls. There you go, everybody. I'm just taking a fucking stab in the dark. All right. So there there you go. Winnipeg Beach Street at the beach. Yeah. Uh, MezzaniSleepover.com. Go there now. 
Get out and vote in the mezzanine sleepover top streets tournament, you punk motherfuckers. All right. Uh, so now that we've got that business out of the way, let's get to this week's main event. And it is the 1994 Royal Rumble. So last night, uh, as you're listening to this, the uh, Royal Rumble 2018 took place. And uh, it's going on right now as we speak. Um, I'm sure it's going to be as uh, boring as advertised. The Rumbles have been really bad the last few years. Uh, uh, last week, uh, I was watching that Raw 25th anniversary show. Yes. Um, I watch Raw maybe twice a year. I'll watch it after WrestleMania. And yep. usually there'll be some other one where I'm like, okay, I, I want to see this. It's yep. it's a really bad show. Oh my god, three fucking hours? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and unfortunately, the, the Rumbles are kind of following suit over the last couple of years. And you know what? It's just, it's too overly produced. Like, that's my big problem at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's always been. Like, wrestling, of course, you know, spoiler alert, wrestling's fake. Uh, yes. And predetermined, but things used to just kind of feel more natural. And now it feels like a bunch of bad actors doing a bad play. You nailed that. You hit the nail right on the head. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, there, there's just the, the, the lack of, uh, any real emotion or any real, uh, sense of urgency, the, uh, the lack of any kind of, um, uh, anything at stake. Uh, it just makes it, uh, like you said, very bland and boring. Like that, that Owen Hart promo, which is from 1994's Royal Rumble that he cuts, he does it on the fly. And it's like, there's emotion there. Uh, yeah. Like you believe him, even though you don't agree with him necessarily. You believe that he believes what he's saying. Uh, he's yeah. got motivation. He's upset. And he's so upset. Like he, you know, he's got the famous kick your leg out of your leg, like fuck up. But it's like, if you're that upset, that's a thing you would do. Yeah. And that's one of their like worst promo guys at the time. Yes. And uh, the dude just cut it up. And uh, uh, I'm not saying. I'm not going to vouch that the Royal Rumble 1994 is what you should hold up as the best in wrestling. <laughs> what are you talking but about? That being said, and I don't want to be the guy that says wrestling was only good at a certain time because listen, I've seen some good wrestling this year. Um, it just hasn't been in WWE. No, exactly. So uh, let's talk about Royal Rumble 1994. Um, basically it's rumble season. And uh, so, you know, we decided to do a rumble and then, I think you said, well, let's choose between 95 and 94. And then uh, 94, we think, had more moments that are worth kind of discussing. Uh, we didn't pick it yeah. because it was a great show. No. But there were things worth discussing. By the way, if you go to Mixcloud.com and search for Mezzanine Sleepover, you can find our reviews of a few other Rumbles. Uh, we have reviewed the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yep. Is that it? 1999. 1999-9 Royal Rumble. That might be it. Um, I believe those are the two. So this will be our third. This is our third Royal Rumble. Um, you can just go, make it even easier, just go to mezzaninesleepover.com and just look at our episode archive, and it's they'll all be there with a link to the Mixcloud where you can listen to it and uh, enjoy yourself because uh, our Rumble reviews are some of our best reviews. Yes, I, I do. I, I would say so myself, yes. <clears throat> Except that you said it, not me. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, Royal Rumble 94. As usual, uh, I have the Wikipedia page up. Yes. 
I also have the January 31st, 1994 edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. So I will have the Meltzer ratings, which, of course, are right, and you can't argue them. Yes, are you going to... Uh, I, I was going to ask if you're going to get very upset about Meltzer's ratings, because they're so important to you. They are and very important. You, you, how dare anybody review wrestling who wasn't a worker? Exactly. So uh, I, I will bitch about it throughout the show. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so as usual, um, I will go through the notes on the show. You will add commentary. Uh, uh, always. Like uh, this one, uh, I mean, hell, I've watched this show so many times. Um, back in the day, we used to go to, um, you know, the video stores and rent the videos. And uh, this was around the time where we would go to Windsor Video and, uh, you know, We'd, uh, you'd win the little uh, match game there, and we'd get a free rental, and we'd get it. And then I'd make sure to tape tape it onto another video cassette, and so I'd have it for my little – I had a little collection going. Yes. And this was one of my standards, and I watched this quite a bit, actually. Um, of course, now, you know, if you just get the network, it's so easy to just watch these things. There's nothing like, though, having to fucking dub it <laughs> and then watch it all the way through and rewind it when you're done. It's fucking great. But uh, I watched it again uh, last week. Uh, prior to our other show that we did um, in preparation, and uh, my God, it was it was a, it's it's fun to watch, but holy shit, this is going to be a good review. Uh, do you have the tale of the tape? Uh, the tale of the tape uh, of like the well, I don't have the tale of tape. You run it down. I don't have it in front of me. All right, aired on January twenty second, nineteen ninety four, a Saturday night. Uh, That's right, Royal Rumble. Uh, live from the Providence Civic Center in Providence, Rhode Island, and the attendance... Uh, uh, the venue of kings. Yes, uh, the attendance, uh, as Dave Meltzer said, a legit sellout, 14,500 people. Yeah, good. A, real, a, a nice number for the time. WWF on a very uh, big downswing at, at that time. Uh, this is pretty much uh, at the lowest point for the Federation, is, is right around here. Uh, now I don't have the I don't have the um, I probably don't have the timeline exactly correct, but what I do recall is that at this point Vince McMahon is under indictment. Uh, apparently, yes. And so is is a little bit hands off, and uh, has prepared kind of for the eventuality that he may be uh, sent to jail, and so. Um, what you get is you get kind of a bit of a disjointed little card here. Uh, and uh, it's it's not it, – it's quite strange. Now, Vince McMahon is here. He's a commentator. Yes. But he's not quite involved in – I believe this is a uh, – this whole event is a Pat Patterson special. Well, you'll see why in some cases. <laughs> Pat Patterson, by the way, uh, legit legit, and, and, and rightfully regarded as pretty much like a genius when it comes to, you know, putting wrestling ideas together. But And matches. But he's I a, think – yeah, but I think kind of the same thing that they said about Russo. It's like you kind of need that person to kind of reel in some of the ideas. Exactly. And uh, when they're not reeled in, you get some interesting things. So the WWF at this point um, in 1994, uh, you have the um, the World Wrestling Federation champion is Yokozuna. Yes. Um, he uh, won the uh, WWF title from Hulk Hogan. At King of the Ring 1993, has uh, reigned as champion uh, all the way through to this in January 1994. Um, there are uh, Bret the Hart is kind of uh, in the mix, in the hunt, looking for that title. Um, 
Lex Luger had got his shot at SummerSlam and fucking failed. Uh, he's hoping to get in the Rumble to win a title shot. Uh, but of course, Jim Cornette, uh, the uh, the uh, spokesperson for Yokozuna, not happy about that because uh, Lex Luger is not supposed to ever get another shot. So we got that storyline going underneath as well. Um, what else is going on in the WWF at this time? Uh, so we are going to have uh, Yokozuna also at this point is feuding with The Undertaker. Uh, yes, he Yokozuna, is. his gimmick is that he's Japanese and he's fat, uh, even though in reality he is Samoan and fat. Yes. Uh, but he is the champion. The Undertaker is a evil zombie spirit and Yokozuna is scared of his magic. Yes, he is. And That's if, absolutely correct. That's well done. <laughs> yes. Uh, as most heels are, uh, monsters uh, are brave and want to defeat everything in front of them, except Undertaker's magic. Then they're scared. So what's going to happen here is uh, the Undertaker somehow has tricked Yokozuna into making this match for the title a casket match. Uh-huh. And so we're having so a, we have we'll a see what happens in this casket match. And we actually have in this event, we actually have three matches for titles. And at the time, there were only three titles: the world title, uh, the IC title, the IC title, and the tag team championships. All on the line in this card. Those were the days, eh? I know, right? Uh, three championships, and that was fucking it. Uh, so uh, let's see here. We're live from Providence. The commentators are Vince McMahon. And uh, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase is introduced with his music. Vince sells it like he's surprised. He's like, he's, he's, oh, all, he's oh. all like, oh, look who's joining me. What? Yeah, he comes out with the money, 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 money. He's the, this one, I guess they did a little bit of a, uh, a test run here. Uh, I would. If DiBiase could kind of slot in. Uh, and uh, he was never seen again on commentary. You know, honestly, I didn't, he, he wasn't bad. He just wasn't memorable. No, right? no he had a few funny lines. Uh, but he was serviceable. I'd rather listen to him than fucking Gorilla at this point. Exactly. So we do get... Because we do hear from Gorilla Yes, later. we do. Uh, so match one, uh, the only non-title match that is in the Rumble, uh, we have Tatanka against Bam yep. Bam Bigelow. Yes, uh, originally scheduled to be Ludwig Borga against Tatanka, but I, uh, I think Borga got a career-ending injury. Uh, they say that, yes, uh, Bam Bam got slotted in because Borga had an injury, and the idea here was that uh, at some point in time, Bam Bam and Tatanka had been feuding, like, you know, much earlier in the past. Uh, yeah. Tatanka uh, ended up uh, suffering his first defeat at the hands of Ludwig Borga, uh, yes. and then was laid out by Yokozuna, and missed Survivor Series as a result. This is all kayfabe, or fake. Now, is um, that the one where uh, where Undertaker slotted in? Yes. To the Survivor Series match? Yes. And that opened up his... his uh, Undertaker cape, and it had a uh, American flag on the inside, which apparently the Undertaker hated. Well, why wouldn't he? Did you hear the the something to wrestle about that? I think. <laughs> oh yes, I did. Were were under they wanted Undertaker to like keep using it, and he kept losing it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the story on that show where they talk about when Helmsley won the King of the Ring, and he'd all every night would destroy the crown in the household match, yes. so he didn't have to wear it. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so. Uh, so anyways, so Bam Bam gets slotted into the match. Uh, Luna Vachon is with the Bammer. He, she is his main squeeze, as they called her at the time. And this is her debut, isn't it? As his main squeeze? Uh, I don't know if it's her debut, but it's, it gotta be close. Close. And it's now, close. Now, uh, no, it couldn't have been her debut, because they were, they were in the midst of the feud with Doink and Dink. 
Oh, clowns are us. Yes. Uh, we will talk about them later. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, uh, in the match, Bigelow gets the heat after Tatanka misses a high cross off the top rope. Uh, yeah. Gives Tatanka a big splash in the corner. Tatanka gets the advantage, but Bigelow counters it with a weird enziguri. Basically, he takes a back bump, but kind of gets his foot up in Tatanka's face. It, it looked kind of good. Uh, bear hug by Bigelow. Tatanka eventually powers out of it. Uh, Bigelow hits two sh- shoulder blocks. But then Tatanka gives Bigelow a power slam, like a running power slam. So basically, Bigelow's yeah. doing all the work. He really is. Uh, Bigelow rams Tatanka into the turnbuckle. Uh, but Tatanka hulks up. And now Tatanka, <laughs> hulking up. What does Tatanka, who is a Native American, do when he hulks up? Well, I guess what could be described as a Native American war dance type type thing. Yep. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it's a, it's no different than watching the warrior uh, pump the ropes or hogs do the big do the big Hulk up. Um, he then, but he, my favorite part is he gets like uh, he gets an enziguri from Bigelow, and then Bigelow mocks him by doing a war dance of his own. Yes. He all, he's all he's all he's all essentially galloping around the ring. Yeah, and whooping. Like he's doing the woo 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 like yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Bam Bam then misses a moonsault, which is uh, even you know he's not going to hit it because he's so fat, but it's impressive the that fat he does guy it. Out of control moonsault, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Tatanka goes to the top rope and he hits a high cross and the pin. Yeah, what I loved about the high cross, and if you like watching kind of the the work that these guys do, um, this is a great example of a high cross where you see Bam Bam fucking jump in the air to take the bump. Yes, awesome, awesome. Uh, I love that shit. Uh, so, uh, I gave this two stars. Meltzer gave it one and three quarters, so I'm almost right. <laughs> uh, I'd give it two stars as well. Uh, it was some good work from the Bammer. Uh, eight minutes and 12 seconds in that match. Uh, uh, the WWF at the time is selling uh, little foam tomahawks for the fans to chop in the crowd. Oh, well. So, uh, way to make some money nice. off of that, <laughs> guys. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so we get a recap video of everything leading up to the Hearts uh, facing the Quebecers for the tag team championships. So I mean, this is this is one of the one of my favorite angles of all time. Walk us through it. I mean, so well done. So the the Hart family, of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, a, a legendary family uh, of wrestlers. Um, there, you have, of course, Bret the Hitman Hart. The uh, at that point, he what two what one time. One-time WWF champion, um, he's uh, you know uh, getting legendary status. His brother Owen, mostly a jobber. The Hearts get together at Survivor Series, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, and they uh, with their brother as uh, Bruce and uh, and Keith, and they face Shawn Michaels and his knights. It was supposed to be Jerry Lawler, but uh, something happened. Um, <laughs> well, you know what happened. <laughs> Um, at the end of the match I guess Owen's the only one pinned after running into Brett on the ring apron so Owen of course throws a tantrum and everybody's wondering what's wrong with the hearts so uh, basically at some point on Superstars Owen challenges Brett Uh, another week on Superstars Brett says I will never face my brother Um, what I love about this is hearing the stories about this feud uh, on the podcast that we spoke about before where it's all Vince always like, brothers don't fight. Yes. He's all not convinced. But uh, so then they, over the holidays, the hearts make up. Yes. And they cut a promo 
And I love the promo because it's great. They're all, we're, you know, we're brothers. We're going to get together. We're going to fight. The, we're going to face the Quebecers at, at Royal Rumble. We're going to win the tag team titles. And, you know, it's a step down for Brett. But Owen's all super psyched. And, of course, Owen is like, you know, you see the subtle, the subtle heel turn continues where he's all like, I'm going to strap you to the rocket. I'm going to blast us off. And you're going to, you, you right behind me. So good. Then 1994 so in the is the end, year of the rocket. Um, yes. My favorite part about the promo is when he's like, you know, me and Brett, we're going to get him. And he gives Brett the little, like, the little fist to the chin. The little chin punch. The awesome. chin punch where he's like, we're going to get him, buddy. That's so great. So this is setting up. Of course, at this, uh, at this time, the Quebecers drop the titles to Marty Ginmetti and the and the 567 Kid. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the and Royal, then, and the Royal the Canadian Mountain played. Wrestlers, by the way. Oh, that's right. Knock and scare. Well, Canadian Mountain. <laughs> and uh, the but the but the uh, the uh, the Quebecers win them back a week later at MSG. So the title match is on. Uh, so we have the Quebecers against the Hearts. A uh, bunch of Canadians in this match, which is great. Bunch of Canadians and Johnny Polo. And Johnny Polo, yeah. So Johnny Polo, who would later become Raven, is the uh, manager for the Quebecers, who are they're they're basically Mounties, but they call them the Quebecers uh, because they are Quebec Mounties. And I guess they didn't. I I've heard the story that they didn't. You know, they didn't want to infringe on like the Mountie gimmick or something. I don't know. Well, uh, at some point, Jacques Rougeau wasn't allowed to use the Mountie name in Canada. Ah, okay. And when they paired them up, they called them the Quebecers, and their song states that they're not the Mounties because they're handsome and brave and strong. Exactly. They're uh, not the Mounties because we enforce the law. It's great. That's amazing. You know what? That's the ultimate fucking dick uh, song. Unlike the, fun of the Mounties. Un great. Unlike the Mounties, we always get our man. Exactly. <laughs> great. Uh, so, um, Brett uh, starts off. He gets the advantage on Pierre. Owen continues uh, with the momentum. Uh, DiBiase keeps referring to Owen as the Shadow and Brett as the Glory Hog. So good. Uh, Owen uh, was going to attempt to flip. Uh, there was a point where Owen was going to flip over Jacques, but they messed it up. So he just puts the suplex on him like a true pro. He's just like, I meant to do that. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just a smooth worker. Uh, Brett has a series of near falls on Jacques, and the crowd is super into it. Like, you know, it's it's this tag team match, and you know, it's nothing to get terribly excited about. But you 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 know you forget right? Well, you don't really forget. But Brett, amazing worker. Owen, amazing. Like they're all so good. Well, I mean the fact that it's Bret Hart, kind of you know, Bret Hart was fucking over, and uh, and he's uh, you know people loved Bret. Uh, people, I, I think there's a lot of uh, revisionist history on Bret Hart, but the dude fucking drew money. Yep. Uh, the Quebecers eventually get the heat on Brett. And Brett, they taunt Owen. <laughs> Brent. On Brent, Brent Hart. It's all Brent Gretzky. <laughs> uh, so they taunt Owen. Uh, Owen keeps coming into the ring, which allows for a double team. Uh, this is, again, more like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not subtle, but it kind of is. Like, yep. you know where it's going, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, no. What is showing is is Owen is just so hot headed. Yeah, he's so keyed up that he's, he's he wants to get in there. Where Brett, you know, the ring general, he's trying to you know keep a good pace. You know, no, don't get overexcited. But fucking Owen, all just way too excited, like a dog. Yeah. So he gets he comes in. Um, the ref has to take him out, and that uh, allows the bad guys to double team Brett. DiBiase acknowledges that Owen is being stupid. 
Yes. Uh, Vince, Vince McMahon says that the hearts deserve the belts because they fought so hard up the ladder of success. And I was like, I think they had one match before this. Did they have one match? I don't know. I don't know either. Like, you know, you could have just pulled it off and said, look, Brett was the fucking world champion. You know, we're going to shot, you know, like normally you have to work your way up. But if a former world champion, you know, who lost the belt within the last year under dubious circumstances, like asks for a tag title match, we'll pull some strings. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, for the sake of it being an attraction that people want to see, but nope, we got to pretend that they all earned it. Yeah. Uh, so by the way, Owen, who was a jobber and in his tag teams was also a jobber. Oh God. Hi, energy. Uh, so hot tag to Owen who runs wild. He gets the sharpshooter on Jacques, but the ref doesn't see it because he's getting bred out of the ring. Uh, this, yep. uh, eventually leads to Owen getting cut off and worked over. Uh, Brett then gets the hot tag and runs wild, but, uh, he falls through the ropes when Johnny Polo pulls him apart. Yeah. Uh, and then this is 1994 Bret Hart. So knee injury. <laughs> and he's not, he's not gold bricking this time folks. <laughs> so, they go to fucking town on the dude's knee. Like, they really, really um, do some work to, well, to it's pump this up. a great sell job. Oh, so, yeah. So he's already hurt when he falls out of the ring, but then the Quebecers are stomping his leg. They're hitting it with a chair. They're hitting it with a cane. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, it's it's chaotic. Owen's trying to stop them. He gets beaten up. It's just a mess. And just fucking heat all over the place. It's yep. so good. Uh, so eventually, uh, Brett gets tossed back into the ring. Uh, they work him over a little bit. They go for their big kind of, uh, uh, you know, cannonball, you know, cannonball splash. Um, but um, Brett rolls out of the way. Yep. Uh, so the story here now is that Brett's got an opportunity to uh, tag Owen, but now he's over. Uh, he's all the way over on the other side of the ring. Yes. So Owen wants to tag, but Brett Badly. sees an op- Brett sees an opportunity to apply the sharpshooter. As, yep. as Owen said in this promo, you had to apply your sharpshooter. <laughs> uh, so Brad applies the sharpshooter, but then collapses from the pain to his knee, and the ref stops the match. Uh, they make sure that Howard Finkel, the ring announcer, makes it very clear that although Bret Hart did not submit, the ref has stopped yeah. the match. Um, well, you know what? That referee, you know, uh, taking care of the workers. That's right. Uh, and so the Quebecers win due to match stoppage. Uh, I gave this match three stars. Meltzer gave it three and one quarter. Three and a half for all the craziness. Uh, so we're not done there. No. Uh, the Quebecers clear out of the ring. Uh, why don't you talk about what's happening here? Uh, so, the, yeah, the Quebecers clear out and uh, Owen clearly perturbed. And he starts berating Brett. <laughs> And uh, you just see it kind of build, right? It starts a little subtly. Then you see him, you, you see all the motions. And it starts building up, building up. Brett, of course, manages to get up without help from his brother. It's great. He just gets up slowly. And he's hobbling around, you know, uh, apologizing, maybe, maybe not. It's Brett. It's his little brother. Maybe he's just telling him to fuck off. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Owen walks around him and then fucking kicks his leg out of his leg. Yes. Kicks, kicks Brett, just one little kick to the back of Brett's leg. Brett sells like he's been shot. Yes. Fans are fucking pissed. They are furious. Because uh, Owen playing this little shit character is so good. It's so perfect. People hate him. I mean, a star is born here. 
Uh, Owen Hart, also when he's berating Brett, um, as, again, a good wrestler will do, grand gesturing in the ring so that the folks in the back row can see it. But he's like, why don't you tag me? So he'll Owen will extend his own arm and with his other arm make a big tag. He's like, tag me. You just had to tag me. You're wrestling for the people in the back row. Exactly. That's what you are doing. You got you got to make sure the people in the back row know what's going on. Uh, Owen is then walking to the back. Uh, He's cutting a promo to the camera. He says that Brett was too damn selfish, which immediately gets Brett or Vince going. I can't believe those remarks. (laughs) Just furious. Uh, so then we get uh, something that I really enjoyed. Uh, yes. The uh, there are officials piling into the ring to tend to Bret Hart, yep. who is again down on the ground. Uh, Vince is like he can't wrestle in the Rumble. He's like really fucked up. They're they're yes. about to do a stretcher job. Meanwhile, I think it's Ray Rougeau. Uh, Meltzer says it's uh, Stan Lane, but I think it was Ray Rougeau. I think it's Ray Rougeau. Ray Rougeau's in the ring next to these people, all fucking trying to get an interview with Brett. <laughs> so good. Like, imagine if in hockey, like, a dude gets knocked out and he's being attended to by, by like, uh, the trainers and, and an announcer came out and wants to interview him. So good. <laughs> Completely absurd. Uh, and uh, anyways, they end up putting Brett on the stretcher. And as they're wheeling him back, uh, Owen on the big screen... <laughs> Cuts the promo that you heard at the start of the show, where he explains again why he's so pissed off. I love how uh, the, the the best thing about the promo is is that it's it's like you're too selfish, but yet Owen so selfish. Exactly, it's great. It's so good. So well done. Uh, so uh, DB Aussie applauds uh, openly. Applauds Owen's promo. Yeah, he's like he just, like he he finally woke up. Yeah, and they sell that Brett uh, won't be able to compete in the Rumble because of his injury. Well, he got he got he got stretchered out. Exactly, he got his leg kicked out of out of his leg. Uh, match number do? match number three for the IC title. For the IC title, uh, we have uh, IRS the challenger, Erwin I- <laughs> R. Snooze against Razor, <laughs> the Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. Uh, Razor Ramon with the fucking greatest music of all time. It's it's quite it's quite good. Uh, that's some of Jim Johnson's best work. Yes. Uh, we, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> uh, we just have Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon as as doing commentary. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> so they both come to the ring. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite parts, aside from being a match for the Intercontinental Title. Uh, That's right. (laughs) Razor Ramon's gold chains have been stolen. And the speculation is that IRS has stolen them and is carrying them in his briefcase. And because as a form of taxation, he's taking the gold. (laughs) So fucking dumb. I I was the the, the Razor's gold is is one of the all time best gimmicks. It has to be right. He wears gold chains. And when he gets to the ring, he takes them off and he tells the, the ring attendant. What does he tell yeah. him? He tells him, uh, if something happens to my gold, Chico, something's going to happen to you. And then flicks a uh, toothpick in the guy's face. It's all some fucking so jerk off doing his job. And even like babyface Razor Ramon is a dick to him. Of course he is. Uh, so Razor is rolling or, or is, is, is rolling to start. Not, not literally rolling. He's got, he's got in no, control. He, yeah, he's in control. Uh, he quickly gets tossed over the top rope, though. IRS takes over. Um, IRS, at one point, Comes off the top rope. Uh, Razor's on his back. Iris is going to come down on him. Razor gets the big foot up, but but 
fucking IRS all dodges it and gives an elbow. <laughs> That's so good. That's great, because you never see that. No. Uh, eventually, we got a chin lock from IRS, and then I wrote a bunch of Zeds. Oh, my God. An IRS special. Yeah. And they do the whole kit and caboodle, right? Chin lock... They go all the way down, his razor out, ref checks the arm, it doesn't drop at three, he gives the three elbows, and he works his way out, right? Yep. Uh, gives uh, IRS some punches and the fall away slam. We get a ref bump. Ref bump. Um, IRS tries to nail Razor with the briefcase, but Razor instead gets the briefcase and drills IRS, but there is no ref for the pin. Of course there isn't. Razor sets up IRS for the Razor's Edge, but conveniently, with his back to the aisle, Shawn Michaels, the fastest guy in the world at this point in time. Oh, my God. Yeah, Michaels hits the ring. Uh, he, he hits Razor with the IC, with another IC title belt. I guess at, at this time, Shawn Michaels, um, in the fall of 94, was stripped of the uh, IC title. Yeah. 93, sorry. Uh, he had been suspended for failing a drug test that he claims he didn't fail. Um, Sean, of course, uh, would take a few months off, but comes back claiming he's, he's still the IC champ. So there's two belts. Um, Shawn Michaels looking a lot slimmer than he did in summer of 93. So good for him. Yeah, but summer 93 was the fat Shawn Michaels period. <laughs> it sure was. Uh, he. Yeah, he um, and so what happened was while Michaels was gone, they did uh, a battle royal kind of tournament gimmick, and uh, Razor won it for the IC title. So now, yeah, they're both won, him and Martel were the last two in a royal, in a battle royal, and they had a match. Yeah, so Shawn Michaels has come back, and he's disputing the <laughs> legitimacy of the title on Razor because, of course, he was the champion and got stripped. So there you go. That's right. That's and it will culminate. So Michaels with, with his, a ladder match. So Michaels with his second fastest sprint to the ring ever, uh, second only to the next year's Rumble. Oh my God, that one! I mean, one day we'll talk about Rumble '95. Yep. But after Diesel hits that P bomb, <laughs> yep, on Brett, fucking, I don't know how the hell Michaels got there. Uh, by the way, you know I, maybe maybe he I, maybe he used one of He Man's space portals. <laughs> I believe you mean after Diesel hit Brett with the J knife. The J knife. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, Michael's nails, uh, nails, uh, razor from behind and, uh, IRS gets the cover. The ref slowly crawls over, uh, uh and he counts the pin. IRS, IC champ. So he celebrates, but we don't get an announcement and we don't get a bell. No. Uh, we get then a second ref in the ring to explain to the first ref, uh, what happened while the ref was down. <laughs> And as he's explaining it, uh, IRS is on the second turnbuckle, like celebrating to the fans, and Razor grabs him, gives him the Razor's Edge, and the pin is counted. And I thought to myself, like, IRS kind of got fucked over here. Yeah, he really did. Like, he is. He should get a rematch. I think. Uh, maybe he got a rematch. I, I don't. I couldn't recall. But uh, that being I said, I would watch. That. I was going to say I would never fucking watch it. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars. Meltzer gives it one and a half stars. I'll give it one, um, just because it was boring as shit. And uh, Razor poses with the two belts. That's right. <coughs> uh, all right. Uh, we get um, clips. A I lot of clips. For this. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of clips of the Undertaker. He is building and a. All there. Yeah, they are building a big fat casket in a what looks to be a barn. 
Yes. Uh, so they have various. They show all the clips over the course of the weeks where Yokozuna is in the ring, and then on the screen they have a video package of this casket slowly being constructed week after week, and Yokozuna being scared every time. Oh my god! Then uh, in one of the last clips, Paul Bear is like on a chariot. He's on a he's wagon. On the, he's on a wagon being pulled by a, He's like a horse and buggy. Except you don't see the horse. You just have to assume it's a horse. Yes. But I do love... Maybe it's, a, maybe it's some kind of fire demon from hell. Well, they don't, they don't show the front of the wagon. And then Paul Bearer gets wheeled off. And at first I'm like, I wonder if they wanted to sell that the Undertaker was pulling it. But no, <laughs> the wagon all reveals the Undertaker. He's all just standing there and tells Yokozuna that he will rest in peace. Yes. Uh... <laughs> So fucking goofy. So this is a casket match. Uh, do you want to tell us the rules? Uh, the rules are very simple. To win, you have to uh, uh, basically stuff your opponent into a casket and close the lid. Yes, that's that's the, that's how you win the match. I mean, if it was me, I'd be booking um, uh, uh, in the coffin match where you have to <laughs> shove your opponent in between the. The, the, the bed in the wall of a hotel room. And then throw the mattress and blankets onto him. <laughs> yes. Put you in the coffin match. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, my first comment. Yokozuna right. selling fear over Taker's no selling is awesome. Just a big gaping mouth. <laughs> so, he's so, he's so scared. <laughs> uh, so, uh, they're fighting. Undertaker gives Yokozuna a very like semi-safe chair shot to the head. Uh, there are no rules in these yep. matches, so you can use chairs, no. and uh, there are no countouts. No. Uh, Yokozuna throws salt into the eyes of Undertaker. Yep. Uh, he then hits Undertaker in the back of the head with a chair, a lot less safe a shot. Yeah, that was pretty That was pretty ugly. Uh, Yokozuna tries to stuff Undertaker in the casket, but Taker makes a comeback. Uh, Yokozuna hits mm. a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, but... Taker, nice. Taker fucking sits up and gives the big goozle to Yoko. I love the big goozle. Just a classic goozle. <laughs> uh, big choke slam to Yoko and the take uh, the Taker. Uh, Undertaker rolls Yokozuna in the casket, and yeah. uh, he is about to shut the lid. Yeah, and and uh, Crush, uh, another wrestler, interferes and starts beating on the Undertaker. Now remember, folks, there are no rules in a casket match. So you're thinking, all right, uh, Crush is kind of a stable mate of Yokozuna. Yes, a newly a newly kind of anointed stable mate. Um, he's he's in the he's in Fuji's uh, gang of miscreants, and so Crush uh, runs in, and uh, so Taker kind of beats up uh, Crush, but then uh, <laughs> I believe the Great Kabuki is next. Yeah, Kabuki and Teneru. Tenru and Kabuki come in, and uh, and it doesn't stop there. So the Tenru and Kabuki. Now the story with them is that they're Japanese, so obviously they know Mister Fuji. <laughs> yes. And uh, so they've actually, and they make it clear. And this, uh, there's, <laughs> I've got a point in the Rumble about this too, but they make it clear at this point these dudes weren't brought over to win the Rumble. They were brought over to stop Lex Luger, and they were brought over to uh, stop the Undertaker. Yep. So they come in, and they're beating on The Undertaker, and then Bam Bam Bigelow also gets in the ring for reasons I, I don't know, because he's a heel? Pretty much. He's a heel! <laughs> so, Mr. Fuji, uh, at this point, uh, now Undertaker has a manager, his name is Paul Bearer. Oh, yes! yes. Oh, yes! 
And uh, Paul Bear carries around uh, an urn with him. A magical urn. And uh, Undertaker is basically impervious to pain and uh, sits up like a zombie when he gets knocked down because of powers from the urn. Yes. So... Sounding more and more like a He-Man episode. Yes. Uh, go back to last week if you want to hear more about secret powers. Yes. Uh, Mr. Fuji, uh, it was that was a long time ago when we recorded that episode last week, eh? Yeah, it's still in my head a whole week later. Uh, so uh, Mr. Fuji steals the urn from Paul Bearer. And Paul Bearer, though, is whining to the camera. He's like, oh, no. Um so the Undertaker kind of gets beaten up on, but then Mister F- or Paul Bearer goes and he steals the urn back. Yep. And then the Undertaker has power again. So what they're doing here is they're just trying to show that the source of the Undertaker's power is the urn. It's fucking ridiculous. So he's so powerful like- that at this point he is beating up on four bad guys. Yes. So because four bad guys aren't enough, uh, Adam Bomb hits the ring. Then Jeff yep. Jarrett. Ugh. Then the headbangers. So now we got headbangers. So we head got bloaters. Yeah. So we've got we've got eight people head now. Shrinkers. The head, head bloaters. <laughs> yes, the head bloaters. Uh, <laughs> Paul Bearer keeps lurking around the ring. Uh, Diesel then hits the ring. He's the ninth guy. Big D. Uh, I then wrote, "LOL." They keep putting Undertaker over like a dozen dudes. Yep. Yokozuna finally wakes up from the choke slam and climbs out of the unclosed casket. So he's the match is still on. By the way, he's been selling a DDT this whole time. Yes. Uh, he finally takes out Paul Bearer, and he steals the urn. Uh, I guess they smash it. I don't know. But, uh, they drop the- it. They drop it on the ground, and it's a, they're lucky it didn't roll off the ring apron. Yes. Honestly. And the, the, the cap falls off. Yes. And, and green smoke starts pouring out of the urn. Yes. Uh, so the powers are draining from the urn, and because of that... The Undertaker has lost his power. He is beaten down. They put him into the casket and they close it and he loses. You know, it wasn't enough that 11 dudes beat or 10 dudes beat him up. He all had to also lose his magical powers. It's so fucking stupid. Yes. Um, so I gave this minus three stars. Oh, this is minus five stars. 100%. Uh, Meltzer gave it one star. What? I know, right? Oh, my God. All right, so we're not done yet. Ugh. Do you want to tell this one? Yeah, so they um, so they have Undertaker in the casket. They're uh, they're celebrating. Uh, they start wheeling him up the aisle, and uh, the lights go out. Spooky, and uh, on the on the on the big whoopastron, on the big uh, on the big Titantron. <laughs> no, it's not a Titantron. It's like a bunch of smaller screens put together. We get a camera shot from the inside of the casket of the Undertaker laying there. And it zooms in and he all does the big fucking eye open. And uh, and then cuts a promo <laughs> from inside the casket uh-huh. about how um, the soul of the Undertaker will live on in everybody and some bullshit. And, uh, and they, uh, the heels are all just standing there, by the way, watching the video. I mean, if it's me, I immediately open the casket and beat the fucking guy up. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Uh, if I was a wrestler, um, he does uh, he does a whole soliloquy, and then he um, dies. I guess. And then the camera zooms out, and there's some static and some lightning, and uh, a kind of uh, outline version of the Undertaker's body starts raising up the screen, and 
um, because it's dark in the arena. <laughs> you cannot see that rising above the, the video screen is the Undertaker rising to heaven like Jesus. Yes. Now that, I believe, was Marty Jannetty. That's what people have said. Yeah. So in an in a Undertaker costume, and it's all, you know, it's dark and there's smoke, so it's not, you know... They, they have the illusion, but there is somebody being raised uh, up to the rafters like Jesus. Well, what I used to do is I used to get the old VHS and try and pause it when someone took a photo. Yeah. Because I was legitimately interested to see what it looked like because you couldn't fucking see anything. Like nowadays, you'd fucking see the whole thing, right? Yes. See the dude going up to the ceiling. It'd be perfectly shot. Back then, it was like a legitimate mystery. Like what's going on? You see like a shadow against the Royal Rumble banner. It was kind of, it was kind of cool and interesting, I got to say. But... Other than that, it's fucking stupid. Uh, so Undertaker at this point is written off of, uh, written out of television for about six months, and uh, no injury, no. Re- they were just like, I think they just wanted to reset the gimmick. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dude, dude probably wanted time off, and they gave Fuck, it to after him. After a year, after a year of fighting fucking Giant Gonzalez, I'd want a year off too. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, dude has no match at WrestleMania 10, which again, go to mezzaninesleepover.com and find our review of WrestleMania 10. Now, uh, at WrestleMania 10, did we, did we talk about how maybe the Undertaker caused Yokozuna to fall off the ropes? <laughs> I think we may I think have. we did. Yes. The spirit and the magic of the Undertaker. Uh, and actually, at one point, uh, I think it's DiBiase or, uh, that says, like, these bad guys that, that were in on this, you know, could they, could there be consequences? Like yeah. at one point in time, will they pay for their actions? And I thought it would have made it, you know, an interesting storyline if you know the Undertaker kind of worked his way through, like with his magical powers. But uh, he didn't. Uh, instead, I'm thinking back. Oh, oh, he fought. He fought. He fought Big D at WrestleMania 12. Okay, I mean, he got his revenge on Skoko. Yeah, well, and of course, you know, he had Chuck Norris help him at uh, Survivor Series, so that oh. there could not be run-ins in the uh, in the, the next casket match. You know, you get the, the, the karate man in jeans. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think that he re- had a program with anybody other than uh, other than Big D. Wonderful. All right, good payoff. All right. Uh, so we get we get the usual promos from superstars about how they're going to win the Rumble. Ah, uh, yes. Classic. And, and then we get the Royal Rumble. So again, uh, in the end, 30 people participate. Uh, you start with two guys. Every minute and a half, another guy enters the ring. You are eliminated like a battle royal over the top rope and onto the floor. And after everybody enters, whoever is left at the end, uh, the one person at the end will win, right? One person will win. That's yes. the beautiful thing about the Rumble. They will get a world title shot at WrestleMania 10. Uh, this, by the way, is only the second time that they have given the winner a title shot. Um, apparently, the first few Rumbles, you were just the winner. Uh, and yes. then in 92, they did it for the championship. And I think that gave them the idea that we should raise the stakes for the Rumble going forward. So now... Well, you kind of can't go back in 93 and have a Rumble with uh, with nothing after you awarded the title the year before. So yeah. it makes a bit of sense to, to go out there and give a little bit of a, a juicy little, little treat for the winner. Uh, so I'll run through this quickly. Um, I have all the people who entered and who got tossed. Um couple of notes on things that happened really wasn't that memorable a rumble there were a few things but there's a couple things i got a few thoughts all right scott steiner draws number one head shrinker samu is number two uh vince says that jack tunney made the call to make the intervals 90 seconds uh in the end it would have been whoever was producing the show because they were out of time yeah kevin dunn yeah uh rick steiner comes in at number three and of course we get 
two-on-one beatdown from the baby faces to the heel. Now explain this. Like, could could Rick Steiner have been l- any less interested to be in the Rumble? Oh wow! The dude fucking his brother is in the ring getting beaten up, and he's fucking he's he just casually strolls to the ring, putting on he hasn't even put on his fucking head gear yet. Hey, we'll we'll get Rick Steiner after what happened to him in this Rumble. I wouldn't have been interested either. Exactly. Uh, so baby faces fight the heel two on one. Uh, Samu valiantly uh, battling them both until the very end when he yeah. gets tossed into the ropes. He does a hangman spot, which is really dangerous. Yeah, It's barely caught on camera because they're on split screen showing fucking Quang coming out at four. <laughs> and then he gets out of the hangman spot and Scott just slugs him off of the apron and onto the floor. I, He's doesn't out. he just push him? Yeah. Does he like double hand push him? Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, so Quang comes into the ring, and my first thought was, okay, we've got both Steiners, so they're just going to work together. How? I forgot. Like, how do they How do they cut them off? Well, Quang blows mist in Rick's face. The green mist right in Rick's face, uh, and uh, it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, so Rick basically, until he gets eliminated, spends the rest of the time like writhing like a jack-off on the floor. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Quang and Scott fight for a while. Um, Owen Hart comes out at five to huge heat. Oh my God. People all want him, want, want to just kill the dude. And even better, so, immediately gets, gets, goes after the blinded Rick Steiner. Of course he does. Uh, dumps him. So that's, that's Rick's and Royal Rumble. And celebrates. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy Gunn, or sorry, Bart Gunn is six. Uh, Diesel is seven. Indeed. Uh, D.B. says that Diesel is almost as tall as he is when, when he's standing on his wallet. Standing on his wallet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Diesel toss is Bart, Gunn, and Steiner. Uh, <coughs> then he tosses Owen and Quang, and right before the next dude comes out. So Diesel's tossed four guys, and now he's standing in the ring by himself. Diesel and... done four guys in uh, 28 seconds. And so now we get... This is the first time they've done this, and it's... Uh, you know, you you really can't do this every year, but every few years, if you want to get a guy over like a million bucks, they realized, you know, put him in the ring by himself and have him fucking just toss dudes when they come in. This was iconic. Uh, Diesel, the, the only thing more iconic than this was Big D's fucking mullet. <laughs> Diesel at the time, by the way, this is Kevin Nash, of course, goes on to pretty massive, <laughs> like, you know, pretty massive wrestling career. Yes. Um, but at this point in time, he's still really just Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, and not That's people right. don't really know a lot about him. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a good spot for him to eliminate a bunch of dudes. Uh, so uh, Bob Backlund comes in at eight; Ugh. he uh, gets tossed. Yep. Billy Gunn comes out at nine; he gets tossed. He's so good. Uh, not now. Not only is Diesel tossing guys, but he's given plenty of time to pose and get cheered. And 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 like and like uh, tell tell like gesture that he wants more guys to come to the ring. Yes. Uh, now also during this break in the action, we uh, uh, hear that there's a commotion in the back. Oh God. What is happening? Uh, the, uh, the, the, the Japanese assassins, uh, Kabuki and, uh, and Tenru, uh, beat up Lex Luger in the locker room, including, I believe hitting him with a broom. <laughs> so now we're getting speculation that not only will Brett not be in the rumble, but, but Luger may not be either. Uh, you know, and it's funny because Brett gets his fucking knee destroyed. Lex Luger all gets a couple broom shots and he's out too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Virgil is out at 10. Uh, I Ugh. just wear it LOL. 
I love DiBiase just fucking loving Virgil getting beat up. Yes. Um, I so good. And um, Vince says that uh, Virgil is an alternate for Kamala. Well, it's a step up anyway. He gets dumped quickly. DiBiase is very happy. Yes. Uh, finally, at 11, we get Macho Man, who is, you know, at least a level playing field with Diesel. Macho um, Man. Macho Man, by the way, at this point in time, they've fully acknowledged that they think the dude is, like, old and washed up. Guy comes out, massive pop. Oh, I, they, they, you know what? Macho Man, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit criminal how he was fucking pushed to the, to the, to the back yeah, of that roster. Yeah. Considering what the roster was at the time. Uh, there's there's nothing I like better than watching fucking Macho grab a hold of somebody's fucking nose. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so he lasts through until Jeff Jarrett comes out at 12. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett works over Macho Man. Uh, DiBiase chastises Double J for posing and not going after Diesel. Well, you know that Jeff Jarrett just wants to uh, jumpstart his career in Nashville. Yes, that is so right. He's got better plans than the Rumble. Uh, so Double J thinks uh, that he's tossed Macho Man out, and he turns his back, but Macho Man does not hit the floor. He comes he's back skipped. in, and he dumps Double J. So Double J is just a jerk-off. Yep. Uh, at 13, we have Crush out. Yes. Uh, but uh, Savage is working him over, but Crush and Diesel eventually overpower Macho Man. Now, uh, Crush had recently turned on Macho Man. They were friends. But uh, Crush turned on him and became a bad, uh, bad guy with face paint. Uh, at 14, we have Doink the Clown coming out with Dink. While they're on split screen, Macho Man gets tossed. Yep. Uh, Crush and Diesel beat on each other for a while. Doink s- stands in the corner and laughs at them. I fucking hate Doink. <laughs> I fucking so, hate that clown. So eventually the two big guys are like, fuck this clown. And, like, and I hate him because he's happy clown. I fucking hate that happy clown version of Doink. Uh, so they walk over to beat him up. Uh, Doink sprays them with his flower. Uh, they both sell it. So who knows what he sprayed them with? Piss? I don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Bam Bam terrible. out at Bam Bam out at fifteen. Uh, so they crush and Diesel let Bam Bam beat up on Doink. Bam Bam gives him a massive press slam out. So good. Uh, at sixteen, we've got Mabel coming out. Uh, he is Bob a. Bi- He's a baby face at this point. Crowd legitimately chanting, whoop, there it is. Yeah, they fucking like that little, uh, that, that terrible rapping. <laughs> so then at 17, we got fucking Sparky Plug. Ah, yes, yeah, Sparky Plug. Uh, he has taken the place of the one, two, three kid. Uh, <laughs> Vince speculates that perhaps Sparky Plug will win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, at 18, we have Shawn Michaels. He immediately backs yes. off from Diesel, uh, climbs to the second turnbuckle. Uh, him and Diesel make a truce and shake hands, but right away, Diesel gets attacked by everyone else in the ring. Uh, they all toss him, and Shawn Michaels kind of gets his hands into the elimination at the very end, too. Oh, good. What a heel. And that he's actually... they they He's a heel. <laughs> they acknowledge it, Uh in the commentary, but they don't reference it again till about a year later, which is great. Yeah, exactly. They just kind of lay the seeds. Uh, number 19, one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time, Mo. Mo. Uh, I just wrote, he's the fucking worst. Terrible. Uh, Michaels gets tossed, but he skins the cat and comes back in at number 20, Greg Valentine. (laughs) 
fucking Greg Valentine. I, I forgot he was still around, and I wrote, the ring is full of geeks at this point. <laughs> yep. Uh, 21 is Tatanka. Uh, at number 22, uh, Kabuki. Oh, that's right. Uh, they all pile up on Mabel, all of the guys in the ring, because Mabel's fat, and they dump him. Well, this is why they let, they let the ring build up so they could dump Mabel. Yes. There always had to be like a bunch of dudes in the ring to get rid of that fat bastard. <laughs> so then uh, Lex Luger does come out at 23. <sighs> uh, he cleans house on everybody. He tosses Kabuki. Um, at 24, Tenaru comes Kabuki, out. Here's my question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kabuki was, was, did not last long. No. And I, I have to question him not uh, using the Kabuki slide <laughs> to knock anybody out. I can't believe it. <laughs> Maybe the ring was not icy enough for him. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Lex Luger tosses Kabuki. At 24, Tenaru comes out. He goes after Luger. I wrote so many kicks and chops. So many chops. Uh, no one comes out at 25. So they ring, they, they say here, you know, they go to the entranceway. No one comes out at 25. So now there's speculation from Vince. That must've been Bret Hart's spot and too bad. He can't great. make it. Yeah. It was great. Vince is like so sad. It's amazing. Uh, at number 26, Rick, the model Martel comes out. Uh, Ugh. as I, what I do love is he comes through the curtain. And immediately yeah. gives this big model pose as he's walking to the I know, he fucking, he fucking, he's like, look at my body. <laughs> um, I wrote here at this point in the match, people are just basically pounding on each other and killing time. Yeah, that's essentially what's going on. Uh, number 27, after a little bit of a pause, it's Bret Hart. People go fucking crazy. And you, they go nuts. Bret's selling the knee. Vince is fucking putting over the guy like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. He's so brave and valiant and amazing. It's just like, you know, people might say, like, oh, did, did Brett really get the push? They were fucking pushing the shit out of this guy. Yeah, they were, he was going to be the next champion. Uh, at 28, we have Fatu. Uh, eventually would become Rikishi Fatu. That's right. Uh, now, here's an interesting part in this match. Uh, Tenaru, uh, we've acknowledged that Mr. Fuji has brought him over from Japan. Yes. He is... They specifically say his job is to not win the Rumble. He is yes. there to eliminate Lex Luger. Yep. Lex Luger in the match is working over Crush, uh, who is in the Fuji stable and should be yes. a stablemate of Tenaru. So yep. he's got Crush on the ropes. Tenaru, who in storyline is there to take care of Luger, fucking looks at it and just ignores it. Uh, it doesn't make any he sense. He literally stares at Luger beating on Crush and then fucking walks away and does nothing. <laughs> That's what I love about rumbles. Yeah. It's, you know, like you do a rumble and there's so much going on. And like they said, you, they, they don't choreograph everything. So inevitably you get these things where it's like, why is that guy not helping? Or why did he stop that guy from getting eliminated? That makes no sense. It's a nice fun treat of early rumbles. Uh, bench, eventually a bunch of guys get together and they eliminate Crush. Yes. Uh, Marty Jannetty out at 29. Him and Michaels go at it right away. And for about 10 seconds, it's fucking great. All the big, the big fucking slugfest. Yep. And finally, at number thirty, Adam Bomb at thirty, and Vince proclaims oh he is going to win the Royal Rumble. Fucking Vince jizzes himself. He's so excited about Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb's gonna win the Royal Rumble. Uh, we get a whole, we get a period of time of nothing again. Yep. Uh, then Brett tosses Sparky plug. Vince says at that point the missing spot was supposed to be for Bastion Booger. But he got sick. 
<laughs> he probably ate too much food. Uh, there are about a dozen guys in the ring. I wrote here, time just passes and nothing happens. I checked the timer and there's still 20 fucking minutes left in this pay-per-view. I know. Uh, eventually, things start happening. The model eliminates Greg Valentine in the most boring manner imaginable. Uh, he gets eliminated right after that. I don't. I didn't remember by who. I didn't give a fuck. Bonka. Uh, All right. Adam Bomb gets low bridged by Lex Luger, uh, and he's out. Mo gets eliminated on the other side of the ring. Bigelow gets rid of Tatanka. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow somehow does a flip bump over the turnbuckle, and Luger Luger knocks him off the apron with the big four with the big loaded forearm. Yes. Uh, Janetti gets tossed by Shawn Michaels. It's not acknowledged by the announcers. They miss it. Nope. Yep. Uh, Teneru does a double noggin knocker on Michaels and Fatu, but Fatu no sells it because he's got a big head. Yeah, something like that. Right? Uh, Luger and Brett toss Teneru, and we have your final four: Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and Fatu, the tag team wrestler. Yeah, and you you know what? It's nice. He's a year away from being able to make a difference. So Lex Luger gets double teamed but makes a fiery comeback, and he gives Fatu a massive clothesline, the, the classic Fatu cell. Yeah, the big spinning cell. Uh, Michaels and Fatu get dumped at the same time, and uh, we're down to Brett and Luger. Yep. Uh, I, I thought that, you know, they could have given it, a, you know, not a ton more time, but a little more time to kind of, like, marinate. Yes. Like, they kind of look at each other, and the fans kind of realize what's happening, and immediately they're pretty much slugging it out. Exactly. Uh, they slug it out for maybe what we go. Yeah. What they needed to really do is have a WrestleMania sign. They can both point at. <laughs> yes. Right. That's right. Cause that's, that's so realistic, right? Yeah. They can like, see the sign stop and both point at it and then slug it out and be like, we're fighting and, for that. Cause and then they can come back uh, every year and have the same two guys doing it. And uh Yeah. Uh, so right. so uh, they have a quick slugfest, probably lasts for like five, six, seven seconds, something like that. Yeah. Uh, immediately, um, they they kind of tumble towards the ropes. They go over the top rope, and they both presumably hit the floor at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's clear Luger hits the floor first. Um, they don't show the camera angle that will you know, uh, show that, of course. Um, every camera angle they show when they show replays is um, inconclusive. Lex Luger is in a standing position coming off the top rope. Uh, this isn't like Cena and Batista where it was a legit fuck-up and they both hit the floor at the exact same time. Yeah. Uh, this is very clearly Luger, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's 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 a work, folks. So they work it. Um and they do the whole, uh, they, they don't know who wins, wins the Rumble. So Howard Finkel gets uh, various uh, reports from different referees. And at first, who does he first announce? Luger. He first announces Luger, who gets a tepid response. Uh, booze. Uh, there are actually booze. And booze. And uh, when they announce, then they reconvene and they come back and announce Brett and the place goes fucking nuts. Yes. And, and the, the, the theory is that they were actually kind of testing the waters here to see who would be popular. Yeah, it's not even close. Yep. People don't give a fuck about Lex Luger. They Bret Hart very clearly. And, you know, even listen, <laughs> even if these two guys were like. You know, the kind of the same kind of amount of, of, of 
they were both kind of really well liked. I mean, Brett got the way better storyline anyway. Yep. So why wouldn't you cheer for Brett? Exactly. It makes no sense. It's like, why would you need to test the waters? You, they clearly were going Brett with the way they booked him, right? But yep. anyway. So uh, they it, do that a few times. So there's confusion. So out comes Jack Tunney, the pre- the the storyline president. Uh, Jack Tunney. Tunney gets in the ring. He's fucking big. He's bigger than Brett. Yep. Uh, we get a bunch of replays. Clearly, they they only show you the angles that are like the most inconclusive angles possible. Yeah, all obscured. Yeah. Uh, the Fink does a great job of selling confusion over trying to announce a winner. At one point, at one point, he uh, he's like, "The winner is," and then he's like confused and he goes back like, "What?" <laughs> now, in the meantime, the crowd is clearly cheering. Brett, Brett, Brett. Brett is egging them on. Yep. <laughs> Finally, they make a decision, and in the slowest manner possible, the thing is like, the winner of the 1994 WWF Royal Rumble is, and they declare it a tie. And then he says, the winners are Bret Hart, Lex Luger, and people are not happy. Yeah, they declare it a tie. Uh, Now, again, everybody... A tie, the most unsatisfying finish that you can have in sports. And in a worked sport where they are in control of all the finishes, that's what they decide. Ah, yes. Listen. uh, A tie. tie, Listen. uh, If this was many years later, a tie would have been kind of interesting and innovative. But you're literally like six years into your Royal Rumble and you're already going to declare a tie. Like, you're out of ideas. Um, it would have been cool to do that in the right circumstances. This was not the right circumstance. Here's why it's not the right circumstance. Um, first of all, people didn't like Lex Luger. So they were unsatisfied with it being Luger. Uh, the second reason uh, is that um, why Ty in no way would have worked in this environment is what a fucking... With that bullshit title match... Yep. Why would you then do this in the Rumble? Yes. It's one thing if you have a you know a a, a event where you had you had a, a, some some good finishes, some conclusive stuff, and then you had two really hot characters and you couldn't decide, and you do a, a, you know something interesting with a tie. This had like this was the worst of everything. It was a bad event. It was a a, a bad other guy to to have it to be tied with. Um, it was bad overall. Uh, there was one uh, good thing about the tie, and that's that when they uh, announced the tie, they can't play either guy's music. That's right. So they play, what did they play? <laughs> they played the WrestleMania theme. The good one. Great. So that... And then a couple weeks later, they would start playing the shitty version for WrestleMania 10. That is correct. Bret Hart and... Bret Hart and Lex Luger shake hands. They get out of the ring. They're high-fiving fans, and the show ends. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Like I said, uh, I could have bought uh, an interesting finish under different circumstances, but uh, this didn't quite work for me. Uh, so there you go, everybody. Royal Rumble 1994. Uh, if you have the WWE Network, go and check it out. I mean, you know... Our review must have whet your appetite to go watch this mediocre show. <laughs> so, is that the worst finish in Rumble history? It has to be. Or is Vince McMahon winning worse? No, Ty is worse. 
Yeah. I think. Or, uh, yeah. Well, they would come back next year with an even worse rumble, but with a way better finish. And uh, at some point, we'll probably talk about it. Maybe, we you know, maybe we wait till next year's rumble if we make it that far. I mean, how did we get to 120 episodes? Do I don't know. Like, but, how do we think we're going to get to 170? I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see what um, happens. Uh, next week, what are we thinking? Um, I would think... Ah, fuck it. Music videos. What do you think? That was good. I like that idea. Next week, we'll be back with music videos and an update on the tournament. Go to mezzaninesleepover.com and get your votes in in the quarterfinals right now. Uh, again, all those crazy winners from last week. Unbelievable. We'll be back yes. to update next week. Go to Twitter, at mezzaninesleepover. Uh, follow me if you want, at slip with five eyes or slip or fucking don't. I don't care. <laughs> At megamix.com. Don't follow me. <laughs> see y'all in a week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Go. Woo!